On today's episode, Dave interviews Alexandra Billings. Alex is an actress and a singer who's been on Eli Stone, Nurses, Grey's Anatomy, and ER. She's been in productions at Steppenwolf Theater and is a teacher for Steppenwolf Theater West in Los Angeles. She was the first transgendered female to play a transgendered female on television. I'm Ian Foley, this is ADD Comedy. This is what I've been thinking about a lot lately, the, the idea of fear and what that means. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and you being here, uh, you and I having conversation, because I'd really like to, the conversation, fear. Like when you hear fear, what do you do with fear? What do you do with fear? The thing that I've been doing for the last six months, which is live in it and be scared and be frightened. And five and a half months ago, I think that's about right, I was standing on my balcony begging God to push me over. I wanted, I was done. I really was done, David. And I remember standing there. I live on the fifth floor, so I don't know if I would have Of your new crib? This is your new crib. Yeah, uh-huh. which is gorgeous by the beach. Right. Fabulous view. And I thought, and I couldn't take it anymore. Because it was too fabulous? It was too fabulous. <laughs> I couldn't take it. <laughs> so, and I'm standing there and I'm saying, just push me over, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. And so I climbed on top of a chair, and, and Chris Ambit, my wife, was asleep. It was, I don't know, three in the morning, because you know, you and me were up like we're vampires. Yeah, yeah. So I'm teetering on the edge, looking down, five stories down. And I was terrified to leap. So I lived in it, and I was in this pause, hanging over, looking at the ground, and the wind was blowing, and the moon was out, and there was a sound that came from very, very far away, like a whoosh, as if a train had passed. And I let go, and I stood there for a long time, and I have a terrible fear of heights. And then I leaned back, and I put my feet down on the ground, and I thought, if I was supposed to go, I would go. If there was something that was supposed to occur, it would have occurred. Right. And it didn't. Because I no, stayed it, in it for a but, while. But the thing is, it, what was supposed to occur, it occurred. Well, I guess that's right, isn't it? I guess what was supposed to occur, occurred. I think that's right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And so I stayed on the balcony. Right. Because I didn't say, I'm not afraid, forget it, let's push the fear aside. I hate that shit. You're right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Somebody said to me the other day, I think it was a student, said to me, and you know me and you, we get really big in the room. We get really large know, in the room. I know, I know. And it scares people. Well, yeah. And I was coming at them, and I, and I, you know, and he said very quietly, you know, you have a real problem with anger. I said, no, 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 no. I love anger. You have a problem with my <laughs> anger. Right. I'm great with my fucking anger. Right. It's been, I love, I, I'm 52. It's taken me a long time to be okay with my rage and my pain. So I'm actually great with it. Right. Because I don't drink it away anymore. I don't use heroin to push it away. Cocaine, I'm, do, I'm done with all that shit. Right. So now just because it's coming for you, because it's not at you, this is for you. Just because that's happening, you don't have to back away. You can come towards the thing. Be in the fear. Yeah, be in the fear. Um, I have a phrase uh, where somebody says, why are you yelling at me? And I said, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling with you. You haven't started yelling yet. <laughs> that's genius. That's beautiful. Because that's really what I want. If I'm in your face, I want you to yell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that people think you're scaring me right now. 
And here's another thing. Um, I'm not doing anything to you right now. Yeah. And I know that's such a... It's true. It's, it's so, true. And I if think I punch you, then I'm doing something to you. If I trip you, then I'm doing something to you. If I leave you, I'm leaving. What you do with that is completely up to you. Totally. And I ha I, um, I'm, engage I'm engaged in a relationship now uh, with, with someone. And uh, a, a lot of the conversation is, because we're just getting to know each other, a lot of the conversation has to do with my listening to the way that this woman is talking to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing these words that don't embrace the emotional content that's coming at me. And what I mean is, she'll say, well, I kind of feel that I'm sort of, and I'm like, no, no, you feel. Let yourself feel that. Mm -hmm. And I'm so aware of those, I'm so aware of those weasel words, those ego mm -hmm. words that soften what it is that you think so you can be polite. And I want you to scream in your life. I want you to fucking scream. And um, it, it's not, I, I want to say it's not for everybody, but then I want to say it's for everybody. Oh, it's for everybody, because here's the thing. You aren't sort of like anything. I'm so tired hearing you. I'm sort of like happy about, I'm sort of like going to go to, you know what it's like? It's like, no, 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 no. It either is this thing or it is not this thing. It's sort of like, it's sort of like, um, it's, well, in this instance, it's sort of like saying. Um, <laughs> Isn't it hard to get that phrase out it of your really is. phraseology? Yep. Because here's yep. the thing. We love metaphors. Yes. Because I want to say to you, well, this situation is much like this other situation. Yes. And here's the thing. Like, I'm great with a metaphor. You want to make a metaphor? That's terrific. Just know that it's an actual metaphor. Yes. It's not. It's right. So it, what you just described is sort of like. One and one is three. It's sort of like that. <laughs> one and one is three is sort of, it's sort of right. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Mm -hmm. Here's my opinion too. I believe that one and one can be three. I had, a, I had a conversation with a student about this too not too long ago where she said, everything in my life is ordered. This happens because of this. This needs to happen because of this. One and one is two. Isn't it? One and one is two. You betray me and I do this. Mm. And I said to her, okay, well, that's great. But just know that she betrayed you in this event, this series of circumstances. And so this is how you're behaving now. Right. But if your mother betrays you, you're not going to act the same way the way your lover betrayed you. So they're both betrayal. That's the equation. One and one is not always two. Sometimes one and one is three. Right. That's all right. Got it. But that's that's not about fact. That's about truth. Well, that's right. One and one is two. Is one and one is two is a fact. One and one is three it's is a truth. Well, it's an intuit. It's an intuit. It's a big difference. It really is, and I think there there that's something that people get to learn. The concept of the intuit. The concept of. Of, of accepting that feeling that you have and realizing that I'm in the moment right now and this moment just calls for this moment right now and for the action within this moment. Well, that's the thing though. See, an action, now we're talking teacher stuff. An action is playable. You can play the action. You can't play a fact. Right. You can't play this as a table. Right. These are my feet. <laughs> I know, that's I why I've such... It's not playable. I have, that's the, the, the reason Which I have issues... the problem when young, I'm sorry, when young actors go, I love to play... 90-year-old people. I want to play a 90-year-old black man. Like, right. Why? What does that have to... That's a fact. You can't play that. It's a state of being, which if you want to show us, 
is completely uninteresting and archetypical, and that's fine, just know you're doing it. But the 90-year-old African-American man needs something very specific from you. Right. Play that. Right. Play the intuits. What is it that he's asking you to do in that moment? Because I had a, I had a friend, um, do you know Kevin Doyle? Yes. So oh, Kevin, gosh, Doyle, Kevin, Kevin Doyle. Kevin Doyle becomes a cop. Yeah, Chicago yeah. Chicago Yeah. So Kevin, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I come to visit Chicago a couple years after I leave, and uh, I come to visit Chicago. I'm in the corner of North and Wells, and a cop car pulls in the corner. <laughs> the lights go, forever, <laughs> and they stop. And <laughs> oh my God, and Doyle's driving the cop car. No, and he's yeah, he's no. Doyle's driving the cop car, and he comes up to me <laughs> and he hugs me. Hmm. So. Are you going to look at that and go, that's a cop or that's a friend? What are you going to say in that moment? Mm -hmm. How do you define that moment? Because if you say, I'm a cop, I'm a cop who's seeing a friend he hasn't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. That's a different cop. Yeah. So if you say, I love playing cops, it's like, what does that mean? My issue, that's my issue with uh, the Groundlings, is get out the who, the what, and the where right yeah, away. Yeah. Get out the who, the what, and the where. And when you get out the who, the what, and the where, what's missing is the behavior of those people. Yeah. And then you've got to put that upon it, and it seems inorganic and forced to me. Well, it's about relationship, really. Right. I mean, that's what we're here to do. Right. Is be in relationship. And working with you and with Kim Rubenstein and... Kim uh, Rubenstein. Oh, boy, right? And, uh, um, and working with Jeff Perry, but working with, with you two artists uh, specifically, you've changed my mind. You changed my mind. You changed my mind. And, that's, and, and I don't mean to say that in I was wrong and now I was right, but you changed my mind. Mm. What a phrase mm. when you think about it. Because yeah. it doesn't just mean you've changed my mind, no, but no. you change the way that my mind works. That's lovely. In the way that it's about this moment that you're in right now and fucking live in this moment right now and live in this moment and be aware of this moment right now because that's all that's happening. And it's, it's not something, and it's something that I learned from the two of you. Certainly you and Kim teach the same, basically the same thing, but from, coming from very different temperaments. Yeah, yeah. You know, I see her as calm and sitting and I yeah. see you as pacing with a notebook in your hand. Yeah. And, <laughs> And yet you're coming from the same place, yeah. and that place is here, and watching, and heart open, and, and enveloping, both physically enveloping mm -hmm. and spiritually enveloping. Mm -hmm. And anybody who walks away from one of, one of the classes that you guys teach, it, it, it appears that it's not about, it's not a, that your definition of work starts to increase because it's not the work of the piece or the, the structure of what it is that you're doing. The work then becomes the work of, of, that we're doing with ourselves mm. and our hearts. Isn't that true? And you know, it's so much more, I always think that it's so much more beneficial for me than it is for any of the students, ever. I always think, I always walk out of the class going, boy, I hope they got something because <laughs> I really, my life is great. I always, yeah. Right? Like, I should, this is, I'm taking money for this. I'm taking money for this. Right. I never felt that way when I was on stage. You never you felt what way? Give me my money. Right. Where's my money? Right. When I did, we were just talking about cannibal cheerleaders on crack. And when I did that, I remember going to Billy Birmingham, who was the writer, director, producer of Torso Theater. You know, this little itty bitty tiny. Torso Theater, you know, Jesus Christ. Up above the right. pizza place. So it always smelled like cat, urine, and pizza. Right. Just delicious. And so he asked me, he said, I want you to do be, uh, be in this show. And I said, great. I said, my price is whatever my price was. And he goes, well, I can't. I can't. 
pay you. And I went, well, then you won't have me. He said, Alex, you, nobody here gets paid. And I said, well, then they're idiots. I mean, that's my, that was my. Is it still? Uh, no, well, I don't, no, no, it's not. I'll do, but I only do stuff now that I am compelled to do, to the point where I can't think, sleep, eat, have sex. I can't do anything unless I do this thing. That's the only way I'll do stuff. Mm -hmm. I've said no to so many things. So many. But the things that you do say yes to, it's either the payment is with heart or the payment is with money. That's but right. you're looking at both those things because I think that that there are a lot of imp and this is where I'm going right now with improvisers saying, get paid. Yeah, yeah. Get paid. Yeah. Why is it that the piano player and the the piano player and the lighting people are the only people that get paid? Yeah, it's true. Because they, yes, they're part of the show, but so the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. And here's another thing. I'm not going to get paid a little bit of money. Yeah. I know. And strangely, I, you know, I'll do that with my teaching. If people want me to teach in out of town, if I have to go somewhere, because I'm an old person now and I don't like to go places. Mm -hmm. And so if people are like, well, come to blah, blah, blah and come teach, I'll say, that's $900,000 for me to right. step out of my... Right. That I'll charge a lot of money for. Um, let's see if I can talk about this. Uh, I'm doing the Chicago Improv Festival. Yeah. And I asked for more money than the other teachers teach. Yeah. So the, the, the price of the ticket is raised. Yeah. I, I don't know that the class is going to go. Oh, really? Because of the price? I think because of the price. He's, uh, I was told you can lower your price or you can, you can lower your price, uh, publicize it, lower your price, you might get more people. And I'm thinking, do I really want to do that? Because mm. I don't, you know, again, I don't know. A big thing nowadays is because, and we've been, we we being artists have been living this feeling that yeah we're living on the fringe or we are what's our worth really what's art worth and I feel like no I'm not sacrificing anything more than a guy that's an insurance salesman we're sacrificing different things but I feel like this is what I do this is who I am I get to get paid. Well, that's the other thing too. How are we supposed to? We've got to live, and we've got to. So you know, I mean, it's a, it's a very sticky. It's a very. You can't. It's like grading art in academia. It's very. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But it must be done because of this container that we're in, the structure that we're in. Right. So we live in this world. We've got to pay bills. We've got to do the things that allow us to live in the container. But at the same time, we're doing this thing that we love and that we want to share and that we know when, once we get in, we're going to receive more than we give because that's always true. Right. How do you put a price on that? So um, it's a very weird balance that everybody has to do individually. I think that the question of how do we put price on it isn't this question. How can I put price on it? Yeah. It's like, how do we put price on right. it? Right. Because it's not that I don't deserve to put a price on it or how can I put a price on it? Guess I won't. And let me say this too. <clears throat> I believe... The plumber and the doctor and the guy, the construction worker and the lady who paints the white lines down. The, it's a lady, by the way. Yeah. Paints the white lines down. The, every one of these people, if they love what they do, is an artist. It's what they do. Yeah. They are artistic in their in the doing, in the releasing of this expression, whatever it is. So everybody does it. 
I, I believe that people, this is, I, I know you feel this way. Uh, I know you feel this way. I feel this way. I get paid to be me. That's my job. I have no one, other people might have applied for it. I got the job of being me. And what that means is I, this, it, my occupation is Dave Rosowski and all the things that that's come into that. That's gorgeous. You know what I mean? That's fabulous. And, and, and so, said. but it's the same thing of the, the lady, the painter oh. down the line. Like she gets paid to be who it is that she is. It's so interesting, Dave. That's beautiful. You should write that down. Do you have it written down? I think I do. Somebody should write it down. I have do it written down. Do you have an down. assistant? Why don't you have an assistant? I need a fucking assistant. Yeah, you do. I need, I didn't, yeah. I need and your a... assistant should be gay, blonde, mm -hmm. and about 20 something years old. And named Stanley with glasses. Anyway, so, but my point is not that. Here's my point. Uh, I didn't understand any of that until I began to transition. Once I began to transition, I thought, oh, this is what it's like. <laughs> this is what it feels like. This is what people actually feel like when they find out, you know, when you awaken in your own life. And then you embrace that. Yeah, and that took me a while. Right. That took me. And I still, I think I'm still figuring that out, i got to be honest. I'm still figuring. I don't know that that'll ever be done for me. But I'm still trying to figure out how. I'm okay with it. I know. But the embracing of it, the marriage of it, the romance of it, I think is an ongoing process for me. I'm still trying to figure out what that is. You're not trying to figure it out. You're, you're processing it, Maybe which is right. different than I'm that. I'm in process of right. it. Being in this, I'm finding that as I get older, I give less of a shit. That is true for me. That people, I just gave an interview, I don't know, some time ago, and somebody asked me, um, "What is it like to be to you know?" Because the LGBT community gets old, and we have nowhere to go. We don't have anywhere to go because, especially the community my age, our family disowned us. They're gone. Oh, we lost each other at the, in the plague in the '80s. So we are we're very disenfranchised age group. And so we have nowhere to go. And so she said, what is it like to be of this age, approaching this age and be transgender? And I said, you know how blessed I am? I'm so unbelievably lucky. And I'm lucky because every single day I get up and I say thank you. It doesn't matter what's happened the night before. Every single day. I just had a birthday a week ago. I turned 52. And I was thinking about my doctor, when I was 29, mm -hmm. and I was diagnosed with AIDS, mm -hmm. said, here's the thing. Here's what you should do. Because there was nothing. There was no medication. There was nothing. Everybody died. You got this disease and you died. He said, I would take your credit cards and max them out and go someplace. And I was 29. And I said, what are you telling me? Are you telling me I'm going to die? And he said, you have about six months, maybe a year. And I just celebrated 52 years on the planet. <laughs> so I get up every fucking day and say, thank you. Right. To the universe. Right. Right. And that's why I know that no matter what happens to me, I'm going to be all right. Because right. I've been on the balcony leaning over. And it's also, you've been all right. Yeah, that's right. I'm also loved. Yes by a human being on the planet that is unlike any other human being on the planet. And if it ended today, it won't, but if it ended today, I have been loved by the most spectacular human being. I think about Chris Ann a lot.
mm. because she is she. Her journey is extraordinary. Is, isn't it? is absolutely. I'm trying to get her to write a book. She right. won't do it. You want to tell her anything about that story? Or? She well, you know, I, <laughs> she here's this woman who her whole life was heterosexual. Although I don't really know what that means, but in the eyes of the world, right. dated men. A Republican voted for Reagan. What are you talking about? And then we meet. I'm 14 years old. She's 16 years old. We meet in a drama class. I'm sitting underneath a desk, and I raise my hand to say my name, and she laughs. And I pop my head up, and I turn around, and I see her. Right. And we instantly fall in love. Right. And then we do a show together. Right. Twelfth Night. We play Sebastian and Viola. Right. And we continue the romance. Right. And then I transition, and she goes, Oh no 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 no. This is ridiculous. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Right. So she goes off and she dates men and she almost gets married twice. And she goes to her demons and she finds her way through the flying monkeys into the forest. <laughs> I mean, it was just a, it was a mess. <laughs> and then we realized we can't. We yeah. can't not. We can't not. Right. And she, and I, you'll have to ask her this because I don't know. How she made that transition. Right. Is I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. I still don't understand. It. That for me is always the thing, and and what it what it does for me is when 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 you were saying heterosexual, I don't even know what that means. That's the rub, Maybe right that's there. What it is. That for me, it's it's that idea of what what is male and what is female, other than a label. Yeah. And it's a label that a lot of people really need that label. So when you were talking about Scott being over here, the guy with the you know twenty year old gay guy, I'm thinking, <laughs> what if I fall in love with him? And now that's good. I don't, you know. <laughs> I'd be so happy. <laughs> you know. So you so you look at all those things and 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 uh, uh, we need to be attached to something. Yeah. But what if we weren't? Yeah. What if we weren't? I mean, that's it. I heard Chris Ann say there's a couple of nights. We had some friends over for dinner, and I heard her say, I fell in love with Scott, me. Right. But I fell in love with the spirit, and that never changed. What's that like? And, you know, it made me think, <laughs> remember the Goodman Theater? Yes. And I don't remember who the artistic director was at the time. This was a long time ago, sometime in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I was auditioning. I was going to their generals. And this is before I started working at Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. And the guy, whoever it was, I'm sitting outside in the lobby with all the people. And he came up to me and he said, Alex, come here. And he knew me. And I was like, I'm getting a role. So I walked over. And he said, listen, there's no, there's no purpose in you coming back anymore. And I said, why? And he said, we can't cast you. We cannot put you in a show. And I said, why? And he said, if I put you... And he was actually very sincere. He said, if I put you in the chorus or in the ensemble of A Christmas Carol, do you think people are going to pay attention to A Christmas Carol? And I thought, so you're, and I thought this, so you're telling me you have such a problem with my history, with this package that you're looking at. Right. It's so disturbing to you. You believe it will trump the story you're trying to tell. You think that 
Irma and John that are sitting receiving this beautiful story are going to go, well, we're not, what, look at the transgender lady. We've got to go. That's going to happen. That's actually going to occur. That's what you believe to be true. Right. And I remember saying, to, and I shook his hand, because he was actually very nice. Michael somebody. Was it Michael Smith or Michael, oh, like boy. one of those kind of names? Okay, I remember. Going. Anyway, so I shook his hand and I said, I won't be back. And the next year, I got cast at Steppenwolf. And I never stopped working there. Right. It's also interesting that <laughs> an artistic director or a director yeah. would look at somebody and say, what, what, uh, how can I say this? And to negate, to negate the power of acting, because that's really what he's saying. Mm -hmm. you, your personality cannot possibly, um, uh, your, your personality is going to overtake the, the role. But my thought is like, well, well, I think it goes back to what you were saying about what do we perceive? Right. About what do we see? What is gender? What is, what is heterosexuality? What does this mean? If you fall in love with your assistant, the 20 something year old Scott. game, right? Yeah. You fall in love with him. You guys are fine. Mm -hmm. It's once you go outside that things start to get ugly. Right. You see, because then people come up to you and go, David, you can't, what's going, I thought you liked, and what does that mean for me? That's what That's it's all what, about. Yes, That's what it's all about. Because what does that, it mean Michael's for me? experience, he was having a very personal experience with me. Right. And it shook him to his skeleton. He was frightened. He was very defensive and he was very nervous. He also didn't want to hurt my feelings, which I thought was sort of lovely, but he was having his own experience with this. See, I, I'm looking at the world through this vessel. Right. So I don't see what you see. Right. I don't know what you're experiencing when you're with me. Right. So if you're uncomfortable, I'm like, are you, do you want some tea? I don't know why you're uncomfortable. And no, I'm uncomfortable because you're in that package and it makes me very <laughs> I had a man years and years and years ago come up to me when I used to work at the Bataan uh -huh. and say I really find straight man I, or whatever he said I really really I find you really attractive and I was great you know let's let's go and he said no I, I can't and I said why and he said well because I would be having sex with a man and I went well then what is it you find attractive and he couldn't right there was no sound. He couldn't. Right. It's the denial of spirit. Yeah. yeah. It's his denial of there's a spirit that you have that I'm pulled in by. Because it's not the package. Yeah. And so when, you, when we talk about my dog passing, you know, uh, when I remember when I put down my dog, when I put down Shira, um, uh, we went and, uh, and they, 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 I think I've talked about it in the podcast before, they put the, the thing in her system oh, and then you watch her just go away. And then that thing that you see there, that's not my dog. No, that's right. That, that's just a shell. That's right. And to go, it looks like my dog, but that's not my dog. But may I say this too? Yes. May I say this too, having mourned many, many humans, right. that the loss of the spirit is worth living in. You know, we were talking about what do you do with fear? It's worth living in. Again, I'm not one of those people, when people tell me to calm down, that just makes me want to throw a table. Like, let me have the experience I'm having. As long as I'm not having it on your person, let me have the experience I'm having. Right. So there's something about 
the passing of that, the transitioning into whatever it is that you believe to be true, right? that is a, 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 a loss for us, right. which is why we create ritual. And let me say this too, this is such an interesting conversation, David, but that's because you're an interesting person. And I think that, and I think that there's, you didn't receive any of that. I did, did I took it because I, I don't want <laughs> to your whole... No, let me just tell you, but, but, you're, but right now you're saying I'm not receiving it, but this is what I'm doing. I'm totally receiving it because huh. I work on, I've, I've done so many of these podcasts. I've huh. done over 130 of them. Oh my God. And when, and when I listen to the ones that I've, that I've done earlier on, mm. I'm interrupting people more and I don't want to interrupt. Mm. And, and so I, I would, uh, historically, I would say, right, or thank you very much. I really think that you're an interesting person, too. Uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> or this is interesting because we're both interested. Right. Or whatever that's <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. be. And, I, and I'm very aware of taking it in, but not breaking that spirit that we've got. What's that, that like? That's, in, that's interesting. What's what like? Like for you to just sort of. I take it in. Have it. I just take it in. Yeah. But it's, what we're, again, what we're talking about is all about just taking it in. And it's going, this moment is going to be the moment that we're going to have. And what's great about it is we get to talk about it. And I loved what you, that's great what you just said. And I love what you said earlier about I'm paid to be Dave Brzezowski. Right. I'm paid to be, isn't that true of all of us? That is. I mean, don't we, isn't the job, whatever the job is, isn't the, whether it's painter or preacher, isn't the job to be as authentic in the experience as you can possibly be and to be porous yes and to be and to not be an impermeable membrane to say that story that i tell myself is merely the story that i tell myself mm -hmm. because that story is just my history it's not my present mm -hmm. it's just facts that have happened and so when i'm having a conversation with this with this woman that uh that i've been dating when i'm having this conversation with her um i I'm having a conversation with her. I'm not having a conversation with the ghosts of my former girlfriends. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's those moments that I take in and I, and I say, historically, when I was with X, I would act this way. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. But I get to act this way with this person. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's what you and I and Kim and all other teachers, hopefully, try to do in the room, which is get the students. Chris Ann and I are teaching a class teaching a Shakespeare viewpoints class, which is fascinating to me. And she is in a little peril because, you know, she's a director, not a teacher. She's in peril. She's in like... Yeah, she's not in a little peril. She's not in a little peril. She's in peril. <laughs> Good for you. She's in peril. Right. And she can't, she's trying to, as best she can, navigate her way through this thing that she doesn't understand. What doesn't she understand? She doesn't understand, I don't think, she doesn't understand the benefit and the gift of patience. And so for her, the release of this breath that we have to find is, and it doesn't mean we have to be calm. I'm not a calm, I'm not, I don't think that's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a breath to rage, right. there's a breath to pain, there's yes. a, you know. And she's finding it very difficult to find that breath. And sort of, and she doesn't really care. She's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm fine without that breath. <laughs> so it's fascinating to me to be in the room with her mm -hmm. and, and, and be in this, this relationship. You know, we have this marriage and then now we're having this marriage in the room and it's really interesting. Right. And, There's some, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. And her, so her, 
intelligence and her wit, and, you know, all these beautiful gifts that make her who, who, her, who she is, is combined with this huge heart and this open spirit and this ability to surrender. And yet every once in a while she'll go, could you get to the student, please? <laughs> Stop doing the thing you're doing. So she's, she, what she's learning is how to teach. I, yeah. Because one of the things that you learn when you're teaching is to let your students live in that and for you to live in their Terrifying, that-ness. terrifying. Right. Terrifying. And for me to sit and to go, you know, where somebody's, I'll watch somebody be struggling and I'm going to sit there and I know there are students looking at me going, do something. Right. And it's like, no, I'm not going to do anything because what's supposed to happen now is happening. Mm-hmm. Breath. We talked about breath. This is interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this in, in improv scenes. When you walk into the scene and I'm watching, and when you walk into the scene with me, the moment something comes out of your mouth, you're telling me how you want me to breathe. No. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And I get to breathe that way. I cannot fake how I breathe. And when you come in mm-hmm. and you do something, I get to be in relationship to that. Mm-hmm. And if the people that I love watching are the people that are breathing because they're, insp- they're, they're being inspired by their partner mm-hmm. who is telling them how to breathe. That's very interesting to me. That's very interesting to me. Because you come in, you enter an event with all of this large factual information. Uh, yours, not, you know, I'm not a big Yours being the personality? Character. I mean, yeah, yours. Like your Dave Rizowski. Right, right. Large circle of information. Things you cannot change. Factual mm-hmm. things you cannot change. And how does that influence you coming into the scene, into the event? And how do you send that, you know, basic Meisner, send, sending something specific, receiving something specific. How do you send that specifically to me as you and I are in this event? Right. Right. And if we enter, so, you know, George and Martha, we enter. Oh, boy. Great example. And we open the door and Who's I walk of in. Right. right. And immediately I know I turn to you. And you're going to tell me how to breathe. Right. I mean, that's fascinating. What a great gift. And how wonderful to just be that open to receive that. So I don't have to do any work now. No. I don't have to work. No. I don't have to figure out what the fuck anything. I do not have to figure anything out. It's far out. less work. Right. And, and then to watch somebody, because you and I, we intuit. There's, a, there's, there's an intuit that I, I feel that, that we have. And, 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 and I could tell when someone's struggling, even if they're not really, they're not showing it. And I can watch them work and I could go, stop it. Just stop it right now. Be here right now. Be here right now. Embrace this the fuck right now. And so when somebody isn't breathing right, and, I, and, and I, I've heard you say it a lot. Breathe, darling. Breathe, angel. Breathe, angel. Breathe. That is something, that's a big Alexandra Billings uh, mantra mm-hmm. because that's that makes your heart go mm-hmm. that's the direct link lungs and heart and all that breathe mm-hmm. I say the other day um, I realized that um, taking a deep breath is a full serving of enlightened meat <laughs> ah! 
I want that too on a shirt and a hat. I want that. Because that's what that, like the feeling of breathing, just breathe and breathe and breathe. And going back to all the fear that uh, Chris Ann is going through Mm. and the idea of live in the fear. That's okay. Live in the fear. It's fear. And then you understand FDR, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And to go, what does that even mean? Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. And it really doesn't. Well, for me, I feel like the only thing we have to fear is the concept of fear, and that's not anything to fear. Yeah, well, exactly. <clears throat> I mean, what, what we fear is behavior. That's what we fear. We mm-hmm. don't fear the actual fear. That doesn't exist. It's the behavior. It's the, it's the thing. We, it's what we do with it. That's right. what frightens us. Right. It's, it's not... what we do with it or what somebody else does with yeah. it, and it's what they do with it. Right. It's, which is why when you say when we're in the room, this just happened in a class. And Chris and I, I, put, I put them in some kind of exercise. I don't remember what it was now. And it sort of kept going, and it turned into this other thing. And you know when like an exercise will turn into something, it will get very large, and then they will make the decision that it now becomes this other thing, and this is what we're doing. And as a young teacher, I would, I, I would stop, wait, it's not, this isn't. And what I've learned is, let it. And I remember walking over to Chris Ann and going, Absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> You've done that with me. None. Like right now, I would walk in and go. Right now, you see this? I don't know what's happening. I right have now. no I have idea, idea what's, what's going happening. Because she, it was beautiful. Because she's sort of she and she's mesmerized. She's like right and thinking this is, this is fantastic. And I was the same way, but right. I wanted to let her know. I, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what's going to. Ha- I don't know if we should stop it. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue. And you and I need to just sit in it. Right. Because when they're, and this, it was a great sort of teaching moment for both of us. It's a great reminder for me. When they're ready, they'll t- it's like your partner coming in and telling you how to breathe. Right. When they're ready, they'll take a collective breath. And for you to also, because when I'm doing an improv scene, I'm looking for the revelation. I, am, I, am, I will walk in the scene, I'm saying, okay, we started out, this is my point of view at the beginning of the scene, and as the scene goes on, I'm looking for that moment of change. And, I, and it's gonna happen, and I gotta be so excited when it happens. <laughs> and when you're teaching, and you're watching a scene, and you're going, I'm going to know when to end this scene. I'm going to know it, and, it, and then I become a participant mm-hmm. in it, and everyone there is creating this thing. And to feel it. Well, because that's it, isn't it? If we spend our lives in the room trying to dictate, then we're doing it out of the room. Right, because we're bringing in that which mm-hmm. is not there. Well, we come into a, any event, whether it's on stage or not, right. wanting to fix it, right. wanting it to stop. You know, those moments of pause when they happen in a dinner conversation, and everybody feels this like, this, this is not going well. Right. Hold our breath and, oh, somebody said something. Right. Instead of living in this sort of beautiful breath of everythingness right. that surrounds us all the time. There's, there's a, what I've been describing in scenes lately, and I've talked about it before, there's a book called um, Search Inside Yourself by a guy named Chan Mead Tan. And he is. I like his name. It's a good name. Um, and he teaches a mindful class at Google. So that's why it's called Search Inside Yourself. Nice. So he talks about, and I have this gesture that I do. It's really good. He talks about you're doing a scene and it's cruising along and then something happens, that that pause that you just described, Mm -hmm. and something happens. And he calls it a sacred, that's the moment to take a sacred breath. Mm. 
That's the moment that we're looking for that sacred breath because something just happened. Mm. I call it a sacred pause. Mm. So we take that pause and at that moment, that is our stoplight that says, this just happened. That journey that you're on prior to this point is now we surrender it to this next thing. There is a student that is brilliant. There is, there's a student I have right now. Uh, we just did triptychs for our midterm. Mm -hmm. And he spoke a lot when he was writing his out, because I have him write stuff and then send it to me. He wrote a lot about waiting. Waiting to get this thing in part one, and then I'll be waiting to get this other thing, and then in part three, then I'll do this thing. And what I can't seem to get across right now is that there's no such thing, first of all, as waiting. Nobody ever waits. It's a, it's a state of mind that we talk ourselves into. You don't wait for the results of your pregnancy test. Nobody does that. Nope. Nobody ever sits back and lies in wait to find out if they're going to have a baby. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so this state of mind right. Right. Is, is, is that. He's playing a state. Right. And so this pause, this sacred breath, this sacred pause is so rich and so we have to be really mindful that we don't lie in wait, that we don't confuse it with waiting, that when this thing hits, that it is a gift of moving forward and living in it. Right. That's gorgeous right. what you just said. Well, it's so funny you say waiting because uh, about three years ago I stopped waiting. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to meet you at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. I've talked about this before. Um, if I'm going to meet you at the corner of Hollywood Vine at 12.30 on Tuesday, and I'm there at 12.30 on Tuesday, and you're not there at 12.30, I'm like, okay, fine. And then at 12.35, you're not there. And then watch my finger. My finger, I'm pointing behind me. Um, I know I told her that we we're going to meet there. I know I told her that. So it's 12.40, and I'm pointing again to the back. It's 12.45. I know that I told her. Now I'm pointing forward. When I see her, I'm going to give her the what for. Mm. And then it's one o'clock. Like, I know I fucking told her pointing behind my back. And when I see her pointing before me, I'm going to tell her that she can't do that to my time. Because when we talked pointing behind me earlier about what was going on, I know she listened and she nodded. Mm -hmm. So then I asked the students, where am I pointing? Before, I'm pointing behind me and in front of me. Where am I not pointing? I'm not pointing at the now. Yeah. I'm not here now. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm in the corner of fucking Hollywood and Vine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I am. Yeah, you are. And <laughs> because it is that sense of you're not waiting. There's no such thing as waiting. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as trying. Either you're doing it or you're doing something else. That's right. That's and if exactly you're doing something right. else, here's the thing. If you're doing something else, that's what you're doing. Right, then do that. Right. And actually, don't talk. That's great, David. Don't talk yourself out of the thing that's actually happening. Right. Be in the thing that's actually happening. Right. And that's what I love about viewpoints is the concept of compulsion. Do something because you're compelled to do it, mm -hmm. not because you're bringing in this other thing. And, and, that's, and, and, and to be compelled to do it in that way. You know, the great gift for me with viewpoints is that it allows you to un not only understand the concept, but internalize it and live in it. And then also, I'm a real big one for specificity. Right. I don't like mush. I don't like half-assed. I don't like any of that. Give me what, do the thing you're doing. And because you have to practice it in your vessel, then when you get in the event, 
you remember that. Your body remembers that. I'm going to do the thing I'm actually fucking doing. Right. And, I'm, and to celebrate that doing it. Yeah. And just to say, and for somebody to say, I didn't do the best job I could. I thought, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. How do you not do the best job that you can? <laughs> yeah. How is that ever possible? Yeah. What you did is what you did. Yeah. And if you're going to walk in and go, I'm not going to do a good job. And I'm thinking, why would you, what, how, how do you, do, I don't know the physics of that. Yeah. Yeah. Another word that I got out of, rid of my uh, vocabulary is the word lazy. Mm. The idea that, yeah, I'm too lazy to find a job. How about this? How about you're not compelled to find a job? Yeah. Yeah. I'm too lazy because I'm not writing my book. I'm too lazy. It's like, no, you're not compelled to write your fucking yeah, book. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because all this other bullshit that we bring in, you know, I'm talking about it, it's like, life is not about the baggage. I think it's about, it, nobody slept around a baggage. People slept around the fucking badge, baggage carousel. Yeah. The whole, like, they, they just slept it around. That's I've right. talked about this before. Yeah. Life, this life is about carry on. Mm-hmm. What do you, just yeah. carry it on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's my Sorry. agent. Sorry, it's my agent. Your agent is at an elementary school. They're in elementary school. <laughs> yeah. I have like, to go pick them up. I have to go pick up my agent. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for him to leave school. These kids three. I've got to go. I've got to go pick up my agent. He's get scared if he waits. Here's another thing about living go. over there. Like You live across the street from a lot of little people. I know. And here's the thing. At first I was, thinking, I was thinking that, oh, it's going to be rough. But there is a sound. <laughs> this is what I feel like. I feel like, okay, so... Twice a day, they have a bunch of kids at the door. Oh, God. Right, at the door, inside the school. Yeah. And they're going, there's going to be a bell. It's going to ring. We're going to let you out. We want you to scream as loud as you can yeah. for as long as you can. <laughs> just scream. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they made you got And every once in a while, I'll, when, I was, when, oh, when I would walk Boyd, every once in a while, I would walk Boyd, and I would hear a, a little girl, a little boy, just having a fucking meltdown. Like, I don't want to be here. It's like, darling, you're here. And my mommy. It's like, your mom's not here. And then we see this, which is really interesting, because there's a, there's a school within a school here called the Blend school oh. and it's for blind people blend oh. for the blind blend for the blind. and it's these adults that are walking with these children with canes what and just they're teaching them how to use canes oh my god and it's gorgeous wow boy talk about viewpoints right boy that's amazing talk about viewpoints for blind people right for the, the blind idea people. of the tapping the architecture that is the cane the architecture that is the sound of the tapping well the, it all goes back to my theory that you don't have to you know this whole thing about look at me or i can't be in the scene with you like stop it stop saying that oh, you're you the same doing person. that i'm right. so sick of hearing people say well i can't see him well fuck you there's another thing you can't see him how does that feel yeah exactly it's not that you can't it's not that you you can't see him is that you get to not see him yeah so just be in the not seeing him. right it's gonna be and fun. live in that moment because here's something about you not seeing him use the fucking not the frustration of you not seeing him yeah. as yeah. what it is you're doing but we're all trying to, to we're all trying to be okay why do you think why do you think they do that the kids why do they scream like hooray we're out is that what it is? I don't know. Right. I, this is really interesting to me that there's this big sort of yeah, start yeah. sound right. that happens. Yeah, they're start, look at they're running. I know, look right? Look at them running. Right, they're running. Look they're at they're in hyperspeed like yes, crazy. Yes, they are. It's so beautiful. And to are watch they them. running towards? Where are they running? Is there, is there's there another a fire? building over there. What? And what's interesting about that building over there is yeah. on the side of the building, yeah. it says it's a two-story building. Yeah. Oh, well, it's good to know. 
I think everybody. I think everyone should have a label, and buildings should have a label as well. It's a two-story two building. building. It's a two-story building. I'm not kidding. That building on the side. Two-story two building. building. Two-story building. And you know what? Two. I pay extra for it. Um, I think for me, I think they're just so excited they just can't take it. They fucking can't take it. See, but this is what I'm talking about. Kinesthetic about kinesthetic response, which, which is, is one of the viewpoints. Which is one of the viewpoints. Yeah. They, nobody has said to these children, when you leave, I want you to. Here's how I want you to. Right. Something in them it pops open. It bursts open. Right. They allow it. They set it free. Right. And they go into hyperspeed as fast as they can go. When they're running, probably oh, who knows where they're they're running. And this sound is coming out of them. Right. They're not but, even saying help. No. They're going, hey, anybody else coming out? Jerry! Ah, whatever like, they're saying. Ice cream. And it's not, it's <laughs> just, <laughs> ah, right. Outside. Yeah. They're just screaming, outside. Trees. Right. <laughs> right. Just words. Facts. Right. Ground. I think, again, it's that compulsion. They're compelled because the pressure, and it's what I talk about in scenes, it's that pressure, tension, and dynamic. Sit in that chair. Stop wriggling around. Mm. Where's your homework? Stand. Put your shirt on. Tuck your shirt in. It's like all this shit's building up, building up, building up, till they have that uh, sacred pause that where they go. And they watch the thing. It's oh, right? Two, the architecture two, that is clock. Almost, yeah. yeah. And then it's two. Right. And then, ka-chow. Right. And if it's two and the teacher's still talking. Yeah. That's not good. People. What, yeah, why don't we? What's happening? Why, why aren't we? Why is it 201? Why, why don't we have? She shouldn't be talking. Right. He's right. She shouldn't be talking. talking. Right. Oh, I got terrible is going to happen. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And you know, there are people there. There are people in that school whose sisters and brothers are in that school, too. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Because yeah. when was the last time you're like, I'm going to see my sister later? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to see my brother later. That would never happen in my. No, no, it's too late for that. <laughs> well, not only that, but my brother hated me. Right. <laughs> he didn't want to be around me. <laughs> well, so. I didn't say I'm, I'm going to enjoy no, seeing just... my sister. <laughs> but my si yeah, I'm see but my even sister. just the thought right. would never, I would be right. like, I'm, what I would be thinking is, I'm going to avoid my brother today. That's what I would I be think, thinking. I bet there are a lot of people over there doing <laughs> it. I fucking hate my brother. How do I run? Oh, I fucking hate my brother. Oh, the, my uh, God. Where's the emergency exit? Do you, do you have a relationship with your brother? No, unfortunately. The last time I saw my brother, I don't know why I'm laughing, the last time I saw my brother, I've been thinking about my brother actually, uh, was at my father's, not fu well, funeral. He passed away uh, 10 years ago, about 10 years ago now, sooner than that. But anyway, and this is one of my favorite stories. This is actually a Chris Ann story too. My brother, who just doesn't like me, he just has never liked me. He just, and That's going to happen. I just didn't like me. Right. And uh, I'm sure I have been part, party to this divisive relationship too but he's just he's also a very sort he's a big drinker he's got a lot there's a lot of stuff going on with this guy as there is with all of us right so my father passes away chris ann and i fly to we were living in chicago at the time he my father lived here so we flew here my brother flew here and we're in his condo beautiful fabulous condo my father had a lot of money and in the morning of the funeral i get up and my brother had walked around the house and put post-its on all of these, you know, the television and the picture and then you know, the couch and the, the yardo and the, you know. What's a yardo? It's a very expensive um, yadro. piece of, yes, I'm sorry, yadro. yadro. I thought it was a yardo. Like took... Not the yard. Yeah. And the, and the, you know, the lalique and the, you know. Yeah. With his name on it. Bob. 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 
Bob. And <laughs> did you think maybe it was just a call for action while you were in front of it? Just Bob. <laughs> Bob. Bob. Okay, so. So I get up, you know, and he's very six feet two. He's a very large man. He's also, he's just big. He's got a beard and hair and he's got things and eyebrows. And and I'm actually a, a tiny person. People think I'm actually really, I was just talking to Chris Ann about this. People think I'm a really tall, large person. I'm not. I'm just sort of wide, but I'm, yes. a very, I'm like E.T. I'm a very squatty person. And he intimidates me. He beat me a lot when I was a child, so that still lives in me very powerfully. Sure, so sure, I sure. sort of got very small. <sighs> right. And Chrisanne, who's smaller than I am, who's an itty-bitty, tiny little girl, but large in spirit, yes. walked out of the bedroom. And she looked around the house, two-story house, two stories. It didn't have this thing like the building, two stories. Yes. Two stories. And she looked around and saw all the yellow posters. And she said, well, isn't that interesting? I went... <laughs> oh! Threw him away. So, and he sort of acquiesced. Now, had I done that, it would have been very combative and very, so, you know, but that was the last time I saw my brother. Right. With his face <gasps> and his jaw, you know, down to the floor. And, but that was, and, that's my brother in a nutshell. And it's also, what, what you've done, though, is you've accepted that that is what it's going to be. It is what it's going to be. And I, it will never be anything else, most likely. Right. But what I have never done is taken responsibility for my role in it. Uh-huh. And I'm going to do that. Uh-huh. That's coming. Right. I'm going to do that. Uh, I think, well, here's the thing. You're going to do that means you've already done that. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's right, isn't it? If you want to have an epiphany, you've had it. Mm-hmm. Which is just the greatest it thing. It feels like that. Exactly. It absolutely And that's what an epiphany is. Yeah. You just go, if I, oh, you know what I want to do? I'm going to start losing weight. Then, you, then well, you're on it. You're on and I, I think that's absolutely right. And what I want to do is not over the phone. I want to either fly down there or have him, because he's still in Chicago or have him come down. I want to sit, just he and I, and have dinner and take responsibility for what I did. There's no blame right. for him. Right. There's no going back. You did this and this and this and this. Right. I already know that. What did I do? And I'm sorry. Period. That's it. And want nothing else from that. Nothing. I, I don't get want that. an apology. I don't want an explanation. Nothing. I get that. That's I part totally of this journey for me. I think, when I think about my divorce, I, I, I think I've offered to Katie to say, uh, I've, I've sent her an email saying, I want to know what's going on, but I also want to tell you that if you ever want to sit down and talk about what's happening now, I want to do that. You have a million options right now. You can ignore this email. You can respond to this email angrily. You can respond to this email however way you want to respond to it. And she responded to it saying, there's nothing I would enjoy more than sitting down and laughing with you. But I don't think I can now, if ever. Ah. And I thought this. She gets that. Yeah. She gets that. Yeah. She gets to have that. That was kind of lovely of her to be that... She's lovely. Open with you. She's to really just lovely. Say, I, I She's lovely. Right now, I yeah. don't... She can't. And here's the thing. I, I, I don't, and, and she gets to feel that yeah. feeling and I get to, I get to let her feel that feeling and I get to let her, the gift that she's given me in that is my opportunity to go, Ben, I've done what I, I've done what I could do at this moment. It yeah. might be different later. Yeah. And my hoping it will change doesn't do anything mm -hmm. but take me out of this moment that I'm in right now because mm -hmm. hope doesn't matter.
It's remarkable, isn't it? And I think that for me, the idea of forgiveness is so much smaller than the act of it. The idea of forgiveness is so much smaller than, oh my God, I think it's the hardest thing that, that humans do. Mm -hmm. I don't know how people live through certain things. And can I say this too? Absolutely. It's the forgiveness of self and forgiveness of the behavior because of that. Absolutely. That is the most detrimental in my life that has kept me from being as truthful as I need to be in order for me to exist. And I mean exist. I don't mean be happy. Right. I mean exist on the planet right. and be part of this thing that's going on. Right. I cannot, no, I will not allow myself to stop believing in my own divinity. I will not. I'm done allowing that to happen through other people and my own self. I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to do this. You're not very good at this. People don't think. People do think. This is what you should. This is what you shouldn't. All of this stuff is all right here. And it's very close and really easy for me. It's, it's a matter. You will never get rid of it. You just will learn to the practice of non-engagement with it. Well, and I think it's a transition as well. Clearly. I think for me, it's a transition. It's Again, we go back to what do you do with fear. All of this stuff that I feel to be true, I can either believe it or not, but I need to live in it for as long as I need to live in it. And that will turn into something else. Absolutely. Always. Does. It always does. It, it always. It always does. does. And and it's the idea of being mindful about what it is that you have. So, it's that idea of saying, uh, you take a picture. Okay. So the word Kodak is the sound of a. It's the an onomatopoeia of a of a shutter opening and closing. Oh my gosh! Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, they created this brownie camera, and the huh. brownie camera went Kodak, and it's like so now you get to, you take a picture. Oh, Kodak. In in improvisation and in acting of any kind or in life, but we'll say those two things. Um, we have the same kind of phrase, but it's, we have the same concept, but it's a phrase. And the phrase for me is, that happened. Mm -hmm. That is a mental picture. Mm -hmm. You can't look at a picture and say it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. We ascribe meaning to that picture. Mm -hmm. I cannot say that, that whatever I just said that happened to is right or wrong. I mean, I, I can say that that happened, but now I get to ascribe a meaning to it. Well, and also judgment. That's exactly it. That's the big one, isn't it? Right. It's. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 goal for us is to allow it just to be, instead of it is this thing, and here's what it means. Exactly. Right. Because I think here's what it means to me is one thing, but here's what it means is a whole other thing. Absolutely. I see a protest across the street. Fred Phelps just died. Right. The, the king of, I know. of that Westboro, Westboro church. church. And Baptist there were church. some terrible emails that I got from all of the gay people and organizations that I'm affiliated with. Terrible. That I really, that was very disturbing to me. So I sent a mass email out and I said, here's what I want you all to do. I want you to build a big sign. I mean, a sign bigger than you ever thought possible. And I want you to get 50 people to hold it. That's how big I want this sign to be. I want it to stretch out almost a block. 
and I want you to paint on it. Have a beautiful journey. Love. That's all. That's what I want you to write on. Because all of this other stuff is all judgment. Right. This man wasn't born hateful. This man wasn't born evil. This man wasn't born... None of that stuff had anything to do with his spirit. None of it. It was learned behavior. He saw a picture and he went, this means that. Not to me, I feel icky about it, but he saw the picture of that happen and he said, this means that. And you are doing the same damn Absolutely. And I won't be a part of it. It's so interesting because one of the major conversations I had, the first conversation, that, that the first argument I had with this woman that I'm seeing is that, where she said, we need to love him. Mm. We need to love him and spread the love for him. We need to love him. And I'm like, ah, how do you love a Nazi? Mm. And, I was, and we're on Sunset Boulevard and, my, and I'm gesticulating <laughs> and gesturing. And some guy walked by and went, louder. And, you know, we're walking around. It's like, beautiful thing. <laughs> louder. Louder. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just losing my mind. Louder. And she's like, you know, then mm. she starts to cry and says, we've got to just share the love. Mm. And the next day, there was somebody put up a sign the Westboro Baptist Church was protesting a Lord's concert. That singer. Oh, yes, I heard about that. And somebody had a sign that said, sorry for your loss. Mm, that was, you know, it wasn't 50 beautiful. people, that's but it's exact. And at that moment, I was like, that's, oh, that's what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. That's what she means. I mean, we were outside doing triptychs last week and on the campus at CSU in Long Beach and where I have, you know, 15 students and we're walking across the campus. And there were these people... One person was in a cage, older people, 50s, maybe 70s years old, and one person was in a wheelchair. Another man was standing up, and then another woman had a hat on. And they all had these signs that said, you're going to hell, and uh, homo sex is something, and this, these terrible, terrible pieces of text. And there were students, but they had caged themselves in. I thought that was very interesting. Cage on this grassy little thing that they found but they were in this cage, these signs, and then these students who were raging at them, just raging at them. And then, of course, they were raging back, and it was just terrible. And we were on our way to do triptychs, <laughs> and I, it was just too much for me. And so I sent the students ahead, and I went up to, I started to walk up to the thing that was happening, this large event, and one of my other students in one of my other classes said really loudly, to get everyone's attention. Here comes Alex, shit's about to get real, to sort of announce my sort of entrance. And I turned to him and I said, I want you to you come with me, come with me. He was standing on a bench. I said, I want you to come with me. And so he came down and I said, I, and there were only about 10 people. It wasn't a big crowd. There were like 10 students there, 10 or 15 students. And I said, I want us all to come together. So we all came together and I said, in the way that you do it, whether it's to the universe or to Allah or Jesus Christ or the ground, I want you to send these three people a blessing. And I want us all to do it together. So we took about five minutes and we did it. And some bowed and some got on their knees and one person sang a song. And the three people in the cage were silent. There was no more text. There was no more rage. They were silent, silent. 
And I thought, they'll never forget this day. They'll never forget this moment. They may never stop doing what they're doing, but they'll never forget this breath. It will never leave them. That's how we communicate. I'll stop there. Okay. That was lovely. Oh, I love you so much. I love you, David. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. If you'd like to see one of Dave's improv shows or one of my stand-up shows, you can get that information at addcomedy.com. If you want to take a class with Dave, that information is located on his website at davidrosowski.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski. Today's episode was sponsored by Troubadour, a restaurant movie. A new movie by Group Mind Films, portraying an accurate, sometimes funny, and sometimes cringe-inducing glimpse at restaurant life. Troubadour, a restaurant movie. Available to watch in its entirety online for only $5 at groupmindfilms.com.